Welcome to Christchurch Manchester Sermon Podcast. CCM is one church that meets every Sunday in various locations across Manchester. For more information about who we are or about our Sunday meetings, please visit www.christchurchmanchester.com. Turn with me to um, Matthew 5. And I'll just read the first five chapters, the first five, ten verses. Great. So Matthew 5. Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him and he began to teach. He said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So why don't I pray as we get into this passage. Father God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that um, it is revealed through scripture. You are revealed through scripture. Thank you so much for Jesus who came and walked among us, who lived in this fleshy existence, who suffered who saw people who had compassion on them, ultimately taking him to the cross. God, thank you today that you haven't left us on our own. But Jesus, you said it is better for me to go that you can have the helper with you. Lord, we just invite your spirit to speak, to reveal, to uplift, to challenge, to convict. But mostly in all of that, to see you, Jesus, our King, to see you, Father, enthroned on high, the one who we worship, the one who we fall in weakness at their feet and who lifts us up. God, thank you that you are with us today. You are speaking, I pray, speak to our hearts. Amen. Okay, well today, oh, microphone's turned on. Today, we are looking at the beginning of Jesus's famous Sermon on the Mount. And this is part of a big series called The Kingdom of God. And uh, this part we're looking at is called The Beatitudes. Now, I'm sure many of us know The Beatitudes. Often, this is seen as a a lovely passage to look at on women's mornings. Or maybe it's a list. And it's a list of things that we have to do in order to be a holy person who can enter the kingdom of God. Now, I want you to hear, I don't, I don't think those things are inherently wrong, but I think if we take this passage and we take it out of its context, or we just read it and make it into a list, we are missing the radical manifesto of the kingdom that this is. The fact that Jesus starts his teaching in this way, in this context, to this group of people, saying these kinds of blessings 
as no small thing. And contextually, it is utterly radical in an amazing, beautiful way. Uh, this passage is where we see the heartbeat of the kingdom and the king. Jesus speaks here to people who are on the margins of society. They are rejected. They are the lowest of the low. These people are hated. They are pushed out. They are utterly on the edge. And instead of speaking to those who do good, to those who are seen as the the religious, the good people in society, the ones who who try hard, they're seen as generous and they are at the centre of society. No, Jesus goes up on the mountainside with this group of rejects, this group of outsiders and says, you, you are blessed. Yours is the kingdom. This is the guest list of the kingdom and no one is expecting it. It's fun. In Matthew, previously to this passage, uh, Jesus has started his ministry by calling fishermen to follow him. And then he goes out, he goes healing and teaching and drawing large crowds. If you look at chapter four, um, he goes through Galilee and as he speaks, he draws large crowds and he opens up with a blessing. This actually in and of itself wasn't unusual for the time and people listening would have been used to this kind of blessings teaching as many religious groups that came before him and actually after him used these words blessed is blessed are one teacher found about 50 years before Jesus writes happy which can be interchangeable as blessed happy is he who has not served a man inferior to him happy is he who has gained good sense and he who speaks to attentive listeners So happy is he, blessed is he, who speaks and people listen to him and who hasn't served anyone inferior to him. So it sounds similar, doesn't it? Blessed is, but it sounds different. And actually, it's interesting. If you look at Psalm 1, for example, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Like this blessed is, blessed is, has come in before. But here, in this blessing, Jesus offers something different. This blessing is not for the ears that they or we might have been expecting. And as we come to this particular section of Matthew 5, Matthew has written in chapter 4 that Jesus started preaching. And from the get-go, he's talking about what? The kingdom. Verse 17 of chapter 4, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. That is, that is Jesus' message. Matthew really helpfully Uh, makes it into a clear sentence for us. (laughs) Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. And here we find Jesus on the mountainside speaking to his disciples and he starts with a blessing to them and clearly sets up the welcome to his kingdom, the welcome that his kingdom extends. Jesus wants everyone to know in no uncertain terms that the kingdom is near And this is what it's like. And how can he say this? Well, how can he say that that it is near? Because he, the king, is near. And with it, he brings the kingdom. With him, he brings the kingdom. 
Jesus is saying that the king that has been promised in in the Old Testament, the one promised to bring a new order of things, is here and he brings with him a new kingdom. But it's not what they are expecting. And actually, it's interesting because when we think of kingdoms in Manchester 2022 with a new king coming in, we might think of an earthly kingdom. And actually, the listeners would have also been thinking about earthly kingdom. But Jesus states in verse 17 that this kingdom is of heaven and it's near. He is the king and he is here. And Jesus is convinced that this is really good news. Chapter 5 finds Jesus as he has gathered a big crowd. And he goes up the mountainside and he talks to his disciples about the kingdom and the people that are welcome in it, and it is not what they're expecting. If we look back at chapter four, um, what does Jesus start do after he starts preaching? Well, he goes for a walk by a lake, and he meets some fishermen, and he calls them to follow him. And what do they do? Well, they follow him, and then he carries on walking. He goes out through all Galilee, all of Syria, preaching in the synagogues, and people start coming to him. And what are these people like? They are sick. Verse 24. People brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, those demon-possessed, those having seizures and the paralysed, and he healed them. The people who start flocking to him are those on the margins of society because they need healing, quite literally. These people were the edge, at the edge of the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire, which, you know, bought us straight roads and clean water, thank you very much, but did not look after the poor, have any kind of benefit scheme or universal credit. No, no, no. If you are sick, ill, you can't work, you're struggling, that's it, you are out. Where do you go? Well, you're not in the towns, you're in the slums. You're at the edge of society. You're seen as dirty, you're seen as unclean. You're on your own. And after saying the kingdom is here, The kingdom of heaven is near. Jesus speaks to these people and he heals them. And and then look at the end of chapter four. What do they do? Well, like the fishermen, they follow him. And who is following Jesus as we get to chapter five? Well, I mean, it is loads of people, isn't it? He is joined by a crowd of people, some fishermen, some having seizures or healed from it. The sick, the paralysed, the demon-possessed, these people are utterly broken or have just been healed. And they see something in Jesus and what he has been saying and doing and they are listening in and they want to know more. They want to follow him. And what Jesus says to these people is not a list of, of actions. He doesn't say a religious blessing that would have been heard before. 
No, in this message, there is a surprise for the listeners. These people are met in this blessing by compassion, by grace, and by love. They are on the outside, and Jesus says to them, Bless you. I see you, and I bless you. Come. And these blessings are like a stained glass window, you know, each section adding to the whole picture. You know, in a stained glass window, there's all these different pits of glass that are all different colours. And you can look at the individual pieces, and I'm going to. But actually, it's when you step back and you see the full picture of that window that you take a breath and you marvel in wonder. As we look at this window that Jesus paints or makes, what we see is a picture. And in the picture is, well, let's hold that and have a look at these verses. So blessed are the poor in spirit. We're going to race through these ten verse, these seven verses. Right, you ready? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Jesus starts off his blessing with a crash. Blessed are you. If you've done good, if no, no, no. If you know you need help. Blessed are you if you are here and you know that there is something wrong with you. Blessed are you here today if you have ever thought, I can't do this on my own, I need help. Blessed are you if you are poor in spirit because those people, theirs is the kingdom. Theirs is the kingdom. Jesus opens up his blessing to this crowd of people who are broken and straight away clearly defines the kingdom of God is for those who see their inability to do this life well in their own strength and will. It is for those who are at the edge of society, the poor economically, the poor in spirit. And he says to them, yours is the kingdom. Yours is this. Everything I'm bringing is yours. Recently, we, uh, Mike and I, we went to Renewal Northwest, a local charity, bought a fridge freezer. It's great. <laughs> Um, And as we were leaving, we got talking to one of the volunteers there. Um, They're part of the programme. Now, Renewal works with lots of different people. Their mission, in their own words, is to work with people who are long-term unemployed, helping them break down the barriers that keep them working, such as lack of education, skills and opportunity, or addiction, criminal convictions, and homelessness. Amazing. Amazing. And when we were there, we got chatting to a guy called Scott, who's part of the programme. And I just want to read you some of his story. So he says, From the day I was born, I've had a criminal element around me. I was still only 10 years old, but quickly became enveloped in the circle of crime our family belonged to. I was out on a job one day, a couple of years later, a fairly standard robbery, when things suddenly went very wrong. A man died because of me. I was arrested on murder and eventually charged with manslaughter, attempted robbery and possession of a firearm. I was facing life in prison and was very much at the bottom of the pit. Emotionally and mentally, I was wrecked. I wanted to say sorry for everything that I had done wrong. 
Over 40 years of fighting against everyone and everything, I felt as if I was in the wilderness and I could not break away from the hurt, the pain, the anger, the frustration and the resentment I had caused. All of it, 40 years worth, going around and around inside my head. I wondered how I might go about saying sorry for everything. I mean, what would that even look like? I pressed the bell in my prison cell and an officer came. I asked him if I could see the prison chaplain. That day, I explained everything to the chaplain and I said that I, was, I wanted to say sorry for everything. I broke down crying. I sobbed and sobbed that day in the prison cell. And at the bottom of the pit, I gave my life to the Lord, my saviour. His name is Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it amazing? <laughs> Chatting to him, you just see the transformation in his life. I mean, he was telling me this story and just there were tears in his eyes, you know, and my eyes because you can't help. You know, Scott goes on and guys, if you want to read it, the whole thing is on the website and loads of more stories. But the thing about Scott is he saw his poverty of spirit. And he knew and he knows his only hope is found in the one who met him in that pit. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the king who sets out from the get-go. If you're in the pit, poor in spirit, come in. This kingdom is for you. Secondly, blessed are those who mourn for they'll be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the kingdom of earth. No, sorry. They'll inherit the earth. One commentary on this passage writes, God made us with the capacity to cry. Many heroes of the faith in scripture, including Jesus, cried. Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4 says, there is a time to weep and a time to laugh. These are people who are listening to Jesus and they have experienced much to mourn. And Jesus meets them and he says blessed are those who mourn for you'll be comforted and then he says blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth there's similar verses in psalm 37 verse 11 that talks about the meek inheriting the land and throughout this psalm it talks of those who commit their way to the lord and trust in god they say they are that says they are quiet or still before the Lord and do not fret over others prospering. It says they refrain from anger or, and forsake wrath. Those who are meek. There will be people in that crowd listening into Jesus who have had such wrong done to them and yet have forsaken wrath, who have refrained from anger. And Jesus says, you who mourn and are meek, you are blessed. You will be comforted and you will inherit the earth. Jesus then goes on from there and he changes his focus from situation to relationships. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They'll be filled. Blessed are the merciful for they will show mercy. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Firstly, the peacemakers. To be a peace, person of peace is something that I really long to be. It's something I often pray for. Lord, let me be a person of peace. But also, you know, it's, they're the people you want in your life. 
You want people of peace in your life. And it's not about the easy route, the one that always makes sense or the place the world celebrates, but it is the place where inner rest is found. Blessed are the peacemakers who bring with them inner rest. They will be called children of God. Next, he says, blessed are the pure in heart. When we think of purity of heart, we can often think of what impurity looks like. We can go to sexual impurity, immorality. And I imagine that those who are sat listening to Jesus would have experienced much impurity maybe done to them or seen or, you know. But here Jesus blesses the pure in heart. He lifts their eyes. He lifts their hearts. One of the things Ivy says a lot at the moment is, all the time, she says, she says uh, Caleb sits on me all the time. <laughs> or she says, uh, or this or this happens all the time. Um, and it is quite, it's quite funny, isn't it? But one of the things she says at the moment is, I want mummy and daddy all the time. And if she's with Mike, she says, I want mummy. And I want mummy and daddy all the time. And if she's with me, she says, I want daddy and I want mummy and daddy all the time. And, you know, in those moments, we give her a hug. You know, we listen, we explain, you know, daddy has to work or... Mummies, I don't know what I'd be doing, but <laughs> working, <laughs> I don't know, working, whatever. Um, you know, but it's right, isn't it? There's a purity there because who in her life is the most important to her? You know, who, as she looks around, does she feel the most safe with? And rightly so. You know, who does she love being around? Oh, thank God. It's mummy and daddy and Caleb. But, you know, it's mummy and daddy. She loves that. She loves us. And it's so sweet. But it's also there's a purity of heart there. What she longs for is those who she feels safe with, who she's in close relationship with. Those who sit before Jesus will have gone through much. And here he blesses those whom, in light of the much darkness that they have endured, there is a purity of heart. Jesus blesses the, the pure in heart here and says they will see God. So kind. God is so good. Jesus is so good, isn't he? And then he says, I'm actually making my way up the list. Blessed are the merciful Interestingly, the Oxford Dictionary defines mercy as compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone who is within one's power to punish or harm. Yeah, so it's, it's where compassion and forgiveness is shown when you could have shown anything but punish or harm you could have shown. And before him are those on the edges of society who are sick, who are possessed by demons, seen as dirty, as outsiders. They would have been spat on. And Jesus says, but you, I see you, who even in that place have shown mercy. I tell you, God will show mercy to you. And, and firstly, and lastly, in my little bit here, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. 
This section, these four blessings, are all about relationship, all about the way that relationships are played out. Jesus starts this section with those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for rightness. One of the sayings we might say is like, she did right by him or he did right by her. In that relationship that is precious, in that situation, she, the girlfriend, or he, the boyfriend, chose the other partner and supported them. They upheld them. They did right by them. And by that, relation, by that choice, the relationship is strengthened and upheld. To do but right by others is to choose them, to uphold them in the way that you live. And here, righteousness, well, that's to choose God to uphold him, to say he is wonderful by the way that you live. And Jesus says that those that hunger and thirst to be done right by and to do right by others, you will be blessed. Do you hunger and thirst for that? You will be blessed. You can imagine the crowd as they're listening to him. They are seen And then lastly, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. For theirs, again, is the kingdom. Blessed are you who are poor in spirit. You who mourn, I see you. You who are meek, I see you. You hunger and thirst for righteousness, I see you. You who are pure in heart, though much has been done against you, I see you. Those who are merciful when that no mercy has been shown them, I see you. Blessed are you who, when in that place, are persecuted. Yours is this kingdom that I am bringing. As Jesus lands, he brings his blessing together with this reality of persecution. And we step back from this stained glass window. And we look, and as the light comes shining through, we see the one who was meek, who mourned, who was merciful, who hungered and thirsted for righteousness, who is pure in heart. The peacemaker who ultimately made himself poor in spirit that we could be rich. We stand back and it's Jesus. And as we step back and we see through the crowd, we see the one who himself became on the cross and broken, that we could be blessed. We see the one who thirsted and hungered for righteousness, but in every action did right by others and always did right by his father. We see Jesus. And as these people listen... They see Jesus, the king 
whose kingdom they are being welcomed into when they have never been welcomed anywhere. And he speaks to them, you, you are welcome. This is the king that we follow. Isn't he good? And there is an invitation for us here. Because this isn't a set of ideals for us to live up to or a charge for us to follow. This is a king speaking to the people in front of him who are broken and saying, I see you, come. You have been told by everyone, you are nothing, but let me tell you, yours is the kingdom. And on hearing this, verse, uh, sorry, Jesus says later, doesn't he? It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And like these people who were sat listening to Jesus, who were seen by him, who were blessed in their nothingness by him, we are also blessed. Do you see him? He sees you. He speaks to you. And his invitation is one of blessing. As we look at the Beatitudes, this is not a to-do list. Do you know what, guys? It's actually not about us. We are listening to the king, speaking to those in front of him and blessing them. And this, in this passage, Jesus is, speaking to choo- is choosing to speak and see those in front of him and bless him. He could have done anything, couldn't he? These people are expecting some religious teaching and instead Jesus turns their world on their head and with this blessing, electrically charged changes everything. The Beatitudes is not about us. Do you know what? It's not even really about them. It is about Jesus, the King, setting out the way of his kingdom. He sees people and he blesses them and he welcomes them as they are. Come. Come.